On today's edition of Star Wars The Hybrid Podcast, we talk about EA's iffy run with Star Wars games, uh, culminating with Jedi Fallen Order, and more importantly, we start reading through the Dark Temple Marvel series, starting with issue number one. Hey everyone, welcome back to a new edition of Star Wars The Hyra Podcast. I am super excited to be back um, and to be opening up new comic books. Um, I even have some in, in paper form that I was able to pick up. Uh, and it's really nice to have something physical in my hands with so much of our lives being digital these days now more than ever. Spending a lot of my time on the computer or on the phone in virtual meetings, doing everything virtually. Um, it's really nice to actually have a comic book in my hands to pick up, open, read, and review. Um, but before I jump into today's comic, uh, I wanted to talk about, um, first of all, what this uh, series of podcast is going to look like and give some background um, on what this run of comics is all about. So today we are going to be starting looking at the Dark Temple uh, series of comics. These came out towards the end of last year. They still have not been released yet in um, trade paperback form. Um, it is coming out, I think, in uh, yeah, in July um, digitally. And if you want the physical copy, it looks like you're going to have to wait until November. That's at least the current uh, print date that they're giving. And um, this is a run of, uh, of five issues um, that covers uh, the characters, well, one of the characters, two of the characters, kind of, um, or more, from Jedi Fallen Order, which is, of course, the video game that came out at the end of last year and really, um, you know, made waves within the Star Wars fandom and even beyond with just gamers in general. I think a lot of people were pleasantly surprised after having been um, disappointed with the Battlefront series, which kind of redeemed itself over time. Um, but I think in general, you know, there's, uh, I think I read that there's been as many canceled uh, video games during the Disney era as there have been actual Star Wars video games that have emerged, and um, that's a little concerning. And certainly some of the more uh, story-based games had been canceled along the way. There was supposed to be a um, story-driven game um, from the Uncharted creator, I believe, and that got canceled. Then they were turning it into an open-world game, which I love open-world games, so I was excited about that, even though, you know, I was sad that the original concept got nixed. Um, and then they decided to scale back the open-world <laughs> concept and make it a less open-world, and then it finally got canceled altogether after, like, years of development. So um, it's just been kind of crazy that they have this amazingly valuable IP to make video games with, and the production has been really slow, and it's not like it's been slow because, you know, they've put in a ton of effort and time and uh, devotion to a few select titles. You know, I, I do think that we've gotten some good stuff out of this, but it's also been, um, you know, like a lot of, um, like stalled efforts, canceled efforts, um, and some efforts that didn't quite uh, get the, the response that they were hoping for. So anyway, Jedi Fallen Order was kind of the turning point for that and was the first game that, at least on release, um, was really well received by the Star Wars fandom. And so that's exciting, and um, I certainly loved playing through it. It, it took me you know, I, I really, um, I'm what they call a completionist. I want to finish every little part of everything before I go on to the next piece. So it took me quite a bit of time to play through it, like in terms of hours of gameplay. 
Um, but I actually took like a day or two off of work. So I, I didn't spend a lot of like days uh, to finish it. It just took me a lot of hours within those days. Um, but I really enjoyed and loved the story. And so I'm going to give a little bit of background on that here in case you haven't played the game. Before we jump into the con, uh, comics, because otherwise this line of comics, um, you know, is, I mean, I do think it would make sense, uh, you know, having read the first two out of five, you know, today I'm going to be reviewing the first one comic. I've read the first two already, and I have the other three waiting for me. And um, so far, you can really enjoy the story without having any background on Jedi Fallen Order. Um, but I do think, obviously, you know, it's great to understand how it connects to the video game that inspired it. So um, anyway, uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Here's a very quick premise of the story. Jedi Fallen Order takes place after Order 66, but well before the original trilogy, well before Star Wars Rebels. You know, we're talking really just a couple years after the fall of the Jedi Order and the fall of the Republic. And we follow Cal Kestis, who was a Jedi Padawan before Order 66 took place. Um, he managed to um, escape we, we get to see how he did that in the game, so I'm, I'm not going to give away gameplay uh, details because it is such a story-driven game. It is a beautiful, wonderful story, and I don't want to ruin that for anyone listening who hasn't played. So just, you know, sh short story, he survives Order 66 and um, is very much, I think, like uh, like Kanan Jarrus from Rebels. Um, you know, has a very similar kind of trajectory. He He's a Padawan and, um, you know, his, his master does not make it out, but he does. And so he's able to escape and basically survive um, undercover. And, you know, Kanan, we don't explore um, as much of his backstory in in Rebels, but we they go farther back in one of the books that came out. Um, I think it's called uh, Rebel Dawn, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, it was one of the, the first books, uh, like novels, in the Disney Star Wars era. Um, and in, in that book, they explore how Kanan Jarrus was, you know, doing like manual labor and stuff, um, just trying to keep a low profile and survive, had not touched the force um, or done anything like that in a while, you know, and eventually gets caught up in, in this bigger movement of people who want to do good and who eventually go on to help found the Rebel Alliance. Um, anyway, Cal is very similar. He's doing, um, you know, basically uh, not really construction, but deconstruction work, um, stripping uh, old ships apart and um is not you know active in the force he's he's totally hiding that part of his life and trying to just move on and uh not you know not think back to those times and um anyway you know he one day gets gets exposed to have force abilities and very quickly the empire moves in against him and he is aided by um someone named siri junta i hope i'm pronouncing that right because it's been a while since i've played uh and actually heard the name i think that's correct um she comes to his aid now she is someone who also um was a former jedi um padawan and i don't know i i believe that she was knighted by the time of order 66 but i'm not totally clear on that and you know i haven't finished the comic series. I got to go back and replay the game. Um, but she was definitely in the Jedi Order. And um, you know what? I, what? What am I saying? She was totally knighted. Uh, again, I won't get into spoilers here, but she was totally knighted. Um, so she was a Jedi Knight uh, during the Jedi Order. And she, um, you know, is um, 
not active in the Force for her own reasons. Uh, not just so that the Empire won't find her, but because, you know, she's kind of been scared off from using the Force, much like Luke was um, in The Last Jedi. And so, um, you know, sh she comes across Cal, she, she helps him out, but she's also looking for him to help her. And she needs his help unlocking a bunch of tombs and secrets, which sets you off on this whole uh, storyline, um, because they are looking for um, data that has the the identities of a bunch of Force-sensitive children, information that had been held by the Jedis um, before uh, Order 66. And obviously, they don't want that to fall into the em uh, Empire's hands. So that's basically the premise for Jedi Fallen Order. Um, and, and that's, you know, what we get about Siri. And then through the story, we get some flashbacks. We get to see, um, you know, some of her path and, and definitely kind of some of the challenges she's faced uh, since Order 66, but we don't really get a ton of, you know, what her life was as a, as a Jedi, what her life was like during the Republic. And so this comic is basically filling us in on that. Um, this follow her, uh, follows her life, um, while she is still a Padawan and, she, uh, she's a Padawan to Eno Cordova, who, um, is not alive by the time of Jedi Fallen Order, but who is, you know, responsible for a lot of the, the tombs and mysteries and puzzles that you are solving along the way. So he's kind of a central figure and someone that you see a lot in holograms, even though he's no longer around. So it's really cool to get to see her kind of in her prime um, and to get to see him in more than just a hologram form. And of course, I also, um, you know, I think it's great that we get to see more of um, what the Jedi were like when they were more of a peacekeeping force. Now, again, I haven't gone back and done all of the math to figure out exactly when this story is taking place, but I believe that this story is taking place before the Clone Wars. Certainly, there's no mention of the broader galactic conflict at this time. Um, they're actually in uh, kind of involved in a, a commercial um, trade-related dispute, much like we see in um, Phantom Menace, so I think that it makes sense that it would have been right around the same time period, maybe a little bit later than the Phantom Menace, but before the start of the Clone Wars, and we get to see um, a little bit more about what the Jedi were like back when they had more of that peacekeeper role, and I think that this is more interesting now than ever because, you know, we're heading into this, um, the the High Republic um, release, the big launch of all of this new content around a totally new time period that um, Lucasfilm Publishing has been developing developing. Um, and that's, you know, my motivation for starting this podcast. It's how I got the name. Sometimes I think the name uh, Higher Podcast sounds like I'm like, I don't know, talking about getting high and talking about Star Wars, which isn't my jam. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's named for the High Republic era, which we're about to um, start jumping into in just a couple months uh, this summer. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to see a totally different time period of the Jedi when they are at their height when they are, you know, not as um, kind of corrupted, they're not as rigid, maybe, um, they're not as uh, political, perhaps, uh, not as militant, you know, we, d we don't know exactly what they're going to be like, but we've definitely been told that this is when they're in their prime, um, and, and probably we're going to see their descent 
um, and kind of what starts to give them some of the flaws that we see by the time of the prequels. So anyway, um, this comic gives us a little bit of a look of what, you know, what the Jedi were like before they became uh, generals, which we really don't get to see too much of. I mean, we do in The Phantom Menace, you know, kind of with the start of Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan's mission, but that very quickly goes awry um, and leads into, you know, the the um, reveal of the Sith and everything that comes with that. So it's cool to get to see kind of some of the missions that the Jedi were doing. Now, the interesting thing is, we don't actually get to see the Dark Temple at all in this first issue. Um, and like I said, I'm not going to cover a, a review or a deep discussion on issue number two today. I'm going to save that for next time. But even in issue two, we don't actually get to see the temple. So the name is a little bit of a of a misnomer. I mean, certainly, you know, the, the temple is a focal point of the story, and I'm sure that issue's uh, three, four, and five will give us a lot more, but it is, you know, it's not, uh, you're not just jumping into some kind of temple, um, you know, <laughs> like exploration, uh, in the first issue. You know, if you've read the, um, the series, oh gosh, what was it called? Uh, Screaming Citadel, which was a crossover event between, um, the main Star Wars line and Aphra, uh, that was, you know, kind of like right away, like the characters are converging upon this super creepy castle and like the whole thing is about them kind of surviving and escaping. Um, it was, you know, really billed as like a horror, um, uh, spin on, on Star Wars Marvel comics. And it was a, like, it wasn't horror horror, but it was definitely more in that vein, definitely different and really worth checking out. And that you just jump right into things. And that's kind of what I thought this was going to be like is, you know, right away, we're going to, they're going to be in the temple and there's going to be a lot of temple exploration and, and mishaps because that's a lot of what Jedi Fallen Order is, is, you know, exploring temples, which is what made people, I think, enjoy the game so much is that, yeah, there's great, uh, fighting, you know, there's a lot of, um, sword play, um, there's a lot of kind of force abilities that you, you grow into in really dynamic and interesting and, uh, story-based ways, but also there's all of these cool puzzles to solve. It, it had a very strong kind of Tomb Raider, um, vibe in that sense, and I, I thought that this was going to just jump right into that, and it does not. So that's not a criticism at all. It's just to say, I think that there's a lot more to unpack here than just, you know, an adventure, um, in a temple. So, um, I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, we're going to get into the details of the story, uh, so that we can see what these characters are actually up to and what we learn about them in this first issue of the series. Okay, so what exactly happens in issue one of the Dark Temple series? Well, we start out on Ontotho, Ontotho, I don't know how to say it, but that's um, my best guess, um, which is kind of the central planet of the series. And we actually begin approximately during the events of Jedi Fallen Order. Now, I don't know exactly uh, how it lines up, but it's certainly during the um, the period of the Empire, um, and we see um, one of our Inquisitors uh, there um, on the planet tracking down something we don't know what it is yet, or someone we don't know who it is yet. Um, we, we see her uh, kind of entering battle, you know, they've been fighting, and someone appears with a lightsaber for her to go after, and that's kind of the uh, initial scene that we get. 
Then we um, we get the, you know, the, the kind of uh, intro, um, the Jedi Knights are gone and forgotten, destroyed by their ancient enemies, the Sith, after a long civil war. Um, but then it says not long before, the Jedi were the guardians of peace and justice. So we, we back up chronologically, back to the time when Siri is a, um, a Jedi Padawan learning um, with her master. Um, and... At first, they start out with kind of a side adventure, which I think is common in these, um, you know, Marvel miniseries. So they're on a planet called Namil. Um, they are negotiating with um, a bunch of Transoceans and um, some uh, other folks. Um, I forget what they are called, like uh, monks, I think, that they're referred to as. And... Um, Unexpectedly, the Trandoshans end up being the, the the truthful um or rightful party in the dispute. Um, we definitely uh see Siri kind of overreacting and um and taking out a bunch of Trandoshans while her master is you know trying to actually ascertain the truth and <laughs> come to a peaceful resolution. Um, so that's definitely interesting. That's a, a trait that is common in a lot of Padawans and um even some of the masters. Pretty sure I stole that line uh, pretty much from Yoda, maybe, in one of the, the Jedi Council scenes. Um, but anyway, um, you know, we definitely uh, get to see her get chastised a little bit by the Council. And it was cool to get to see the Council with a lot of similar members, but some uh, different members sitting there. Um, you know, certainly the composition looks a little bit closer, um, I think, to how we saw it in um, The Phantom Menace, but I have not been through in detail to uh, to know exactly who is who on there. And actually, we only get a partial shot of the Council in any case. Um, then, then we finally get back to kind of the main action and we go back to on Totho, which is, as I said, where the first scene of the series starts. Um, you know, we see it at first during the age of the empire and now we jump into the main, uh, storyline, which is following it, um, with, um, Sari and, um, and her teacher. So, um, they are here, um, on the planet basically to try to resolve, not necessarily a dispute, but but an issue that's going on. So the planet had decided to join the Republic, um, but there is one part of the planet that is um, kind of maintaining its independence. They don't want to be part of the Republic or anything else. And within this part of the planet, there is a temple that a corporation would very much like to explore. And the corporation, um, which is, um, I think, uh, the, the Da Corporation, D-A-A, um, they uh, have kind of unclear motivations for why they want to go and explore this temple, but they have the support of the rest of the planetary government. It's just the region that the temple's actually in that is, you know, not wanting to have anything to do with this, not wanting anyone to come in and explore. So they're kind of trying to manipulate the Jedi, I think, into, you know, suggesting that it's not necessarily a Jedi temple, but it's something that the Jedi might be interested in. You know, it's important for knowledge. Um, and, you know, they, they, there's, there's no harm. You know, they don't, they don't want to destroy anything or disrupt anything. They just want to learn. That's kind of their, uh, you know, their, their line. But I think, you know, obviously we know how Star Wars goes. That's not going to be uh, how things go down. Um, we don't know much about their motivations um, in the first issue or even in the second issue. But, you know, definitely we get a foreboding sense that something else is going on. You know, there's something about this mysterious temple um, that, you know, is being protected for one reason or another, whether 
rightfully or wrongfully it's being protected, you know, we can bet that it's not uh, being targeted for exploration by this corporation um, just for the sake of knowledge. So they have to go over um, to this region, um, which is called Philar or Phylar, F-Y-L-A-R. Um, they have to go over there to, to try to negotiate. And so, you know, it's a great example of the Jedi Knights playing this role of peacekeeper, of negotiators, of, you know, someone who is, um, who's seen to be impartial, but who's also strong, not easily intimidated, and not easily killed. Uh, and they basically get sent out in a tank, which, you know, the Jedi say is probably um, not sending the right message for a peacekeeping mission. But I think that, you know, this is one of the ironies of, of the Jedi Knights, and maybe something that'll get explored when we learn more about how they were in, in their kind of golden years, or golden days. Um, but, you know, it's kind of like in The Phantom Menace, when, uh, you know, the, the ambassadors, quote unquote, from the New Republic are Jedi, and immediately the Trade Federation, you know, feel threatened because the Jedi don't have a reputation just for being peacekeepers. They also have a reputation for being, um, you know, fighters. And maybe they, they weren't seen as warriors or, um, you know, certainly not military personnel back before the start of the Clone Wars. But, you know, they were seen um, as certainly being... Uh, intimidating for a lot of people. And, you know, that's something that was explored even um, within the, the Clone Wars series uh, in the most recent season um, in the Ahsoka arc, you know, without uh, spoiling the arc in case anyone hasn't seen the new season yet. Um, you know, Ahsoka learns that for common people, you know, the Jedi Knights even 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 common people right on Coruscant, you know, under the shadow of the of the Jedi Temple, see the Jedi as, as being you know part of this machine and as being um, kind of ruthless and uh, you know some someone who invokes fear. And so I think that you know the Jedi here are are supposed to be doing peacekeeping and negotiation. They're going out in a tank, which they say isn't serving you know sending the right message. But you know the fact that they are powerful um, fighters who are armed and you know trained in combat uh, may not be sending the best signal either. And, you know, again, like not to beat a dead horse, but I would love to see when we read um, our first content that we're going to get out of the New Republic series, that maybe there are different types of Jedi. Maybe they're not all, um, you know, knights in a, a kind of um, military style. Maybe there are Jedi who um, really are peacekeepers who aren't trained at all in fighting. And I think that Legends had kind of more of that, that, you know, not every person, not every child who is taken um, from their homes and brought to Coruscant ends up being, you know, even strong enough in the force to be a lightsaber yielding um, Jedi. And many get sent into what I think they called the diplomatic corps um, in some of the, um, you know, the, the legends material. Um, and others had other kinds of more administrative tasks, um, all different kinds of things, you know, beyond um, kind of being trained in combat and given given lightsabers and, you know, sent out into these dangerous kind of missions. And um, so I would love to see that maybe, maybe there was a distinction in the past and, you know, not all of the Jedi um, were trained to be warriors because what kind of message does that send when, when they get sent out, you know, supposedly to keep the peace? So basically, as they're on their way to meet with the people they're supposed to be negotiating with, first of all, there's something that's really um, interesting that we haven't learned much about yet in this issue, but that they touch upon is the fact that this whole area is like thick with the force. Like they can't really sense 
what's going on or who's out there because the force is so powerful and strong all around them. And it actually reminded me of something um, that we saw in the Rise of Kylo Ren comic series where, you know, the, the students who come back to, to Luke's uh, Jedi Academy after, you know, Ben Solo has um, had his kind of showdown with Luke they say that, you know, the Force usually sings with Skywalker's presence and they can kind of feel him or hear him from miles away, kind of like an overwhelming um, presence, you know, and that that's kind of what this seems like is just that it's it's like um, almost overpowering the, the sense of, of the Force that's out there and something that neither of them have um, felt, which, you know, for, for two people who have been in the Jedi Temple um, filled with the most powerful Force users in the galaxy, it must have been quite something to feel that the area was so alive in the Force that, you know, their senses were kind of overwhelmed. Um, and again, they, they don't unpack that at all um, because, you know, as they're kind of thinking about this, um, they are ambushed. And um, again, Sari kind of, you know, acts rashly and rushes off um, ahead to try to investigate instead of staying with her, um, with her master, Master Cordova. And um, as she's coming back and uh, returning to him after, you know, kind of um, trying to pursue and failing to pursue whoever had attacked them, um, the shuttle that they were in blows up. And, um, you know, she wakes up by herself, um, you know, kind of in, in a daze having been um, struck and doesn't immediately, you know, see her master, um, Cordova, but um, kind of cries out and definitely seems to think that he may have perished. And that's kind of how things end. She gets um, seemingly attacked from behind, hit in the head again after already getting knocked out by the explosion. Um, and then we just end with a with a speech bubble with no one that we can see um, actually speaking that says, I hope you're right about her. And that's how the, the first issue ends. So, um, you know, really, we, we don't learn a ton about where they are or what they're doing, other than we have this mysterious kind of corporate interest in um, investigating this temple, and it's in an area that is very powerful with the Force, and not necessarily, like, nothing saying that it's the dark side of the Force, but also I didn't get the sense that it was necessarily the light side of the Force either. It was just the Force, um, which I think itself is a really cool concept because, you know, that the force isn't just light and dark. It's, it's, as Luke says, it's the balance. And um, so I, I, I'm sure that we'll learn a lot more about that. But right now, that's really all that, all that we get. And so it definitely sets up a strong um, sense of mystery, which I think is always um, great in a comic series. I love kind of, you know, jumping into something, really not having any idea what's going on, um, and, and putting the pieces together. Um, I think it makes for a really interesting um, storyline, and I think especially for these, you know, these short runs, these miniseries, something to kind of keep it driving forward and give it a purpose so that it's not just kind of a, a fun side mission, um, which it's, you know, I think oftentimes these turn out to be, although, you know, they've had a, a a series of really great ones um, that, you know, they've kind of been on a roll lately um, with, with things like the rise of Kylo Ren. Um, but anyway, you know, I, I really like that sense of mystery and that we're going to kind of be able to put the pieces together with the character who's on this journey. 
So overall, I thought it was a really solid start. Definitely grabbed my attention. Um, like I said, a little surprising that we don't really get to know anything about the temple yet. Um, but I'm looking forward to continuing with the series. Like I said, I already read the, the second um, issue. And um, I'm going to try to do what I normally do and not get ahead of myself with the podcast. So that if you're reading along with me, and again, all of these um, issues are on sale now from the Marvel Digital Comic Shop, which is shutting down on June 2nd. But right now you can still get all of these issues for two bucks each. Um, if you want to read along with me or, or even if you're not reading along, but you don't know what's happening, you know, I don't want to know more than you do so that I can kind of keep my speculation honest. Um, so I, I did read ahead one issue, but I'm going to stop myself from doing that. I'm going to read along with the podcast so that, you know, you can expect me to be covering a new one, um, on each episode. And as promised, I'm not just going to be covering the issues, you know, cause there's, they're not that long. There's not that much to unpack. I want to talk about, you know, how it ties into Jedi Fallen order. So I'm going to go um, back and try to re uh, replay some and play some of the new content that they came out with for um, uh, Star Wars Day on May 4th. I'm, I want to try to do some of that. And I'm going to be talking about other video games. You know, today I talked a little bit about Battlefront and um, and kind of how they've had some misses um, since Disney bought Lucasfilm and, you know, EA got their license. Um, so I want to keep on talking about uh, games and even some uh not not video games, but other uh, Star Wars items. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, which is just Hyra Podcast, then you'll already know what I'm working on. It's a big Lego project. So I want to talk a little bit about that, about my Lego collection, about um, Star Wars games outside of video games, and just kind of throw a bunch of stuff in there. Um, because why not? I, I'm at home. I'm surrounded by all of my, my Star Wars stuff more than I normally am when we're not in the middle of a pandemic. And um, just reading these comics and thinking about the games got me feeling kind of nostalgic. So I'm going to ride that wave and hopefully you will ride it with me um, as this uh, series of five episodes continues over the next couple of weeks. Anyway, thanks for listening to me. Um, I hope that you've enjoyed it as much as I have and I hope that you have a fabulous weekend. It's beautiful weather where I am and I hope that you are having nice weather too because if we're kind of stuck without too much to do right now, at least we can go outside and uh, and get some fresh air. So take care, and I will talk to you soon on another episode.